the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, joining us right now from the Boston Globe, he covers Rhode Island. He's Dan McGowan. Dan, let's start off. What a, uh, boy, out of the blue uh, pandemic, social unrest, and now of power out at night <laughs> affecting huge parts of the state. And I don't know if you have the latest numbers, something that always comes up that I see uh, people get confused on is I see National Grid is reporting 126,000 people without power. Well, they wouldn't know exactly how many people. I believe they're reporting, I think, they were reporting 126,000 customers That's right. are without power. And, and it, people always get confused at that because one house that could have 10 people is one customer. So the number is much more than 126,000. Yeah, I mean, especially, John, at a time when, uh, you know, people are most people are still home, right? It's not, yes. it's not as though you're, you know, OK, you can go to work and, and you know, forget about this for the for the day. Uh, and hope that, you know, you get home and the lights are on. I mean, you're talking, if you're a family of four, yeah, you're four people. And you're right. That's such an, it's such a good point. And I think you always say this whenever there's these power outages, it's, it's important to know because, you, you know, when I, when I, this was more of an issue when I worked at Channel 12, you know, you'd be on the desk and you'd be getting call after call from people saying, hey, my power is out. And you'd look at the numbers and you'd say, well, it doesn't look like there are that many people, but it's actually that you're right. It's the customers. And so uh, this is a massive problem. I'll tell you, John, the, uh, you know, I was at the office last pretty late last night and, uh, you know, I live up in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood in Providence and ended up driving into uh, North Providence up by Smith Street. And Providence actually had the lights on uh, for, for the most part, at least from what I saw. But <laughs> North Providence, at least on, on Smith Street, was completely dark uh you know wow. so many people out of power and yeah it, i mean you nailed it. it this just adds to uh the amount of unrest and i can't ima- you know imagine your air conditioner not on last night things like that i know these are uh not the worst problems a person could have but they just continue to pile up for Rhode islanders yeah no we we lost power yesterday i'm gonna say 4 30 and uh, huge trees that came down. And so I, I would, I mean, I'd like to find out, I don't know if we could, but I'm willing to bet um, maybe almost half the state was without power yesterday. Now, as the day goes on, it'll slowly start to pop on. And it's so interesting, uh, Dan McGowan, because to me, it really becomes, if you have power, you just hear about other people who don't have power. <laughs> Your life is fine. But for everyone else, it's 
it, it's just going to add to, you know, it's an hour at Dunkin' Donuts at least, if not an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to throw out all the food that you just bought in your in your refrigerator and freezer and so forth. So it's it's problematic. Yeah. But, um, it, it's, it's just one of those things that and then this is going to cause people to go back to the stores. So the stores are going to be crowded. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, briefing today. And, and Dan McGowan, I mean, the big story is I, I don't know what happened. But last we heard, Rhode Island was doing great. The governor was proud of us, except for some people that were, quote, partying too much. And so suddenly talk about Rhode Island becomes the island. Massachusetts says, hey, wait a minute, if you're going to come here, you're going to quarantine. Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. What, what can you tell us about that? I was I was very surprised we were hearing about it from them as opposed to from our own people telling us about it. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is that, you know, you and I have been uh, somewhat critical of the governor for uh, you know, or for a while for just holding a press conference every day and feeling the need to, you know, announce something and, and you know, the, the, the stress of all of that, it, you know, it, it sort of chanted up in front of the cameras a lot for kind of no reason. And then they, they, you know, go to once a week, but then, you know, an issue like yesterday pops up and, uh, you know, it would have been nice to hear from the governor and it would have been uh, you know, in any other ordinary circumstance, you would have, you know, in any other case. And instead it's, well, wait till the press conference. Well, that's a day later. I mean, I'm getting emails from, yeah. you know, lots of people who are saying, wait a minute, am I, you know, the, the old, can I go to the Seekonk stop and shop question? Can I go right. on, can I go to the Cape on the, this weekend? Things like that. And, you know, we really don't have a ton of information. The Connecticut one is a little more interesting uh, the Connecticut is fairly clear that if you're coming for sort of a day trip, you can still do it, that you're allowed to do that. The Massachusetts one is a little more, uh, we don't have a, a major answer. We don't have the answer to, can you go to, uh, you know, can you go to the Seacock Stop and Shop? We certainly know that if you're, you know, staying, if you're going to the Cape for the weekend or the, for the week, then, you know, you do have to either show that you've, you know, you, you've, you've tested negative, which is hard because it takes so long to get test results, by the way. You would have had to get test, you know, tested two weeks ago, probably. Um, yes. And so I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the governor has a lot of questions to, to, to answer here. And then, you know, beyond that, I get the, the, the need for the governor and for state officials to try to calm people down and say, hey, look, you know, there's a bunch of signs that suggest Rhode Island's doing a good job. Uh, you know, even still, Rhode Island is is... Uh, you know, numbers are, are much, much lower, of course, than they were, you know, in April and May. But as you see this tick up now, you, you know, now it's outside people. Now it's real life situations. Now it's Connecticut and Massachusetts saying, no, no, we don't want those people here right now. Uh, and so I think the governor is going to have to answer some tough questions. My gut is she's going to say, look, it's a, you know, we're right at that threshold of, I think, 10 per 100,000 infections. Uh, you know, yes, it has ticked up a bit, but don't be alarmed. But, you know, again, it, this is this isn't about uh, whether or not you should be alarmed. This is real life. This is, you know, can I get on the train to go to work and things like that? And so she, she's going to have a lot of work to do today. You know what else, Dan McGowan? It, let, let's let's be reasonable for a moment. They're saying if you work in, in Massachusetts, I think they're saying, oh, that's OK, because then you just you come from Rhode Island, you go to your job, right. you go home. Right. But if if that is the case, then I don't understand why I can't just as an example, you know, I can't go visit my, you know, brother who lives in Wellesley. Like what, what are they talking about? So someone could go in and out every day, but I can't go once. And then if I go to visit someone in Brookline and anywhere, I have to then come back and quarantine for two weeks. Like people that maybe, maybe that, Maybe in March you could have gotten away with that. This is August now. I don't think people are going to shake their head like I'm not quarantined for two weeks. Well, I don't care what they say. They they can't stop me and they can't prove it. Well, I'll, you know, I'll be just you know candid and honest with you. I'm. I think I told you privately. I'm off next week. I took. I'm, I'm taking yes. a few days off and was planning to go play you know golf in Connecticut with some friends. And nice. And I Uh-oh. and I so I I send to my friends, I say, look, you know, there's a thing here and I'm not sure what, what we can do. Uh, it turns out it's okay because of the one day trip sort of thing. But my friends say, who's gonna stop you? Right. And I think and yes. that, that's a terrible thing to say. Look, you know, we should follow the rules, of course, whatever. But 
that's the reaction. I mean, are, are you really going to have state police or or local police saying, you know, $500 fine or $1,000 fine? It's going to be very, I mean, it's incredibly difficult to enforce. These hypothetical situations, John, it draws me back to, remember early, early on, you and I were there for this, you know, as the first couple of restrictions started to come out and all of us would raise our hands and say, wait a minute, I go to the Seekonk Stop and Shop. Wait a minute, what about, you know, I go tanning here or whatever. Yes. And the governor would say, look, we can't answer every hypothetical question for, you know, for you or your friends and family. And I think that's the challenge that the governors of Connecticut and Massachusetts have because you just laid out such a good example. I can go, I mean, I work for the Boston Globe. I can go up to Boston and work if I want to, uh, you, know, you know, as long as my bosses would have me and all that stuff. But I can't go, you know, in theory, stay the weekend with some friends. And, and it, it, it's very, very confusing. Uh, and, and I think there's both, there's going to need to be probably some conversation between the governor, uh, between Governor Raimondo and the governors of Connecticut and, and Massachusetts to maybe, I don't know if it's reach an agreement or, you know, find a way to explain these rules. Because I, I, like I said, my email is filling up with people who are concerned about whether or not they're going to get fined for traveling. And Dan McGowan, just explain to people, I mean, we have been doing well. We're in phase three. We're almost going to go to phase four. Governor threw the brakes on that. That's fine. Cut back. Suddenly, why are we on the list with Florida and Texas and all these other states? What what happened seemingly like I'm getting email from people. What happened yesterday that suddenly we're, you know, if you go to New York, uh, you have to quarantine 14 days, right. Connecticut, New Jersey, what happened that put us in this category? Well, it, it literally comes down to new positive cases in the state. And it, what's, what's people should know, and I'm sure this is what the governor is going to say today is this does not mean that Rhode Island is suddenly has a Texas or a Florida problem, right? We, we were there and had major, major problems for a while. The cases has, have very clearly come down, but what they've done is they've started to reach above what this threshold is, which is, they say, 10 uh, infections per 100,000 people. And so Rhode Island is right there at that number. What's going to be interesting is the, because it's right there, you could have a scenario, John, by Friday where they say, oh, we're back down to, you know, nine uh, per 100. And so everything is forgotten uh, or forgiven or, you, you know, and you can tr and you can have that. What's more likely if you if you look at places where we have seen, case, uh, you know, the number of cases go up is there's there's probably a good chance you will see more cases happen. I mean, what, what we've seen in Rhode Island is you're starting to get right back into that kind of. Uh, daily, you know, 100, 120 new cases. And, you know, it, it's entirely possible that that number could go to 150 or, you know, 200 before it starts to come back down again. And so I think, you know, keep, keep an eye just if you're listening to, to John or if you're reading me, you know, keep an eye on those daily new tests and what our positivity rate is. Um, because it, it, that's what it's all going to depend on. And, and if it gets worse, you know, I, I think you're going to probably the governor is going to have to be in a situation where maybe she, you know, puts more restrictions in. She already lowered that social gathering limit uh, down to 15 people. And, you know, if you suddenly see a big uptick, maybe, you know, you end up with, you know, some more of a shutdown or things like that, which I can't imagine in a hot summer that people are going to be uh, in any way supportive of that the way they might have been in April and May. Folks, coming up, we, uh, we will talk more about that. The schools, the uh, situation with uh, Kat Kerwin and uh, Providence and the uh, great coverage by the Globe. That and a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508 336 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs 
brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point, but it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body, and you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain. 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to just come back to um, the governor just for a moment before we we move on. There, There does seem to be... You know, and this just adds to the confusion for people because then, you know, just like you, you start getting emails, you start getting questions from people. I I think the governor's people, to be fair, were pushing back on some of the test results that, that, that was being used against Rhode Island, so to speak. But at the same time, now I watched the governor has been making some pretty regular appearances on MSNBC in the morning. I don't know if you've caught them, but, you know, she again the other day, on MSNBC, and and this is where I just, I I I think they have to stop these. I, I'm going to call them like fake talking points because this came out, and your old colleagues at Channel 12 exposed it. So the governor was being interviewed on MSNBC, and the person doing it, who I was kind of unfamiliar with, but it was like 9:30, 9 o'clock in the morning, said, "Um, it's amazing in Rhode Island, 30% of your population has been tested." Now you and I both know it's what that true. means is. It's, it's not true. It's 300,000 tests were done. We are a population of 1 million, but 300,000 tests were done. But you could you have people that have been tested, Dan McGowan, three or four times. Right. But what I really find, I, I, the governor nods along and says that's exactly right. When we know that's not the truth. Yeah, it, well, it, it shows you where how, how sort of conditioned she is to, yes. to the talking points that she likes. If you remember, I, I don't know if it, John was last week or the week, the previous week, but in the, in her, in her Wednesday press conference, the governor actually used the correct language. Uh, it, it, you know, she caught herself. She literally said, you know, we've tested the equivalent of 
you know, tw- I yes. think at the time it was like 25% of our population. So she knows she's going to get that question. Again, the folks from Channel 12 did a really nice job kind of exposing that. So she knows she gets that question here. But let's be honest, if you're on a national talk show, it's not like the producers there are telling the, you know, the anchors to ask to get in the weeds on that. She no. comes on, she gives, you know, a two or three minute spiel. She wants to uh, talk about, you know, the highlight, the good things that, that they're doing. And I think what she would say is, it's really hard to kind of break this down and explain it, but you're right. It gives this false impression um, that, you know, that Rhode Island's doing better than it is. doesn't mean it's doing bad, but she wants it to be kind of the shiny star, especially when she gets her, you know, those, those appearances, which are more frequent than ever uh, on national, you know, cable news networks. David McGowan, what is going on with the news with, as far as the schools and back to schools, because this seems to be major pushback now. I feel bad for that new superintendent of Providence. It sounds like he, what he initially had planned to do has been, I don't know, you would know more than I, but almost like completely scrapped. Um, I think we are going to learn more. There's a lot of pushback with the governor saying we're going to know two weeks beforehand. But what, what do you think we're going to learn with schools? Yeah, I mean, this continues to go in the direction I did not think it would go in. I thought you would be in a situation where they would push through and say, you know what, we know it's not the perfect ideal scenario, but we want at least, you know, a large chunk of kids, certainly the younger ones to be in school. But every sign seems to suggest that, you know, you're get you're suddenly getting certainly the union pushback that that that's a major, major problem. But, you know, you're getting all kinds of pushback from the people who are creating these reopening plans. The districts are saying, the superintendents are saying, guys, you know, we don't have the money to, to, to be able to do this with busing. And we don't have, you know, any of the, the resources that we need to really do this safely. Uh, it really appears to be trending as though maybe you don't get to, you know, you don't get kids in school on August 31st. I would be surprised if they said, if they just completely scrapped it and said, you know, we're pushing this off for a couple of weeks. I think it's more likely you would see a scenario where they would start in distance learning and, you know, hope for the best, maybe October 1st or something like that. But the the more you go on, I mean, the big problem here uh, is for families who are thinking, boy, I, you know, I got to get back to work. I have to, yes. you know, I have to, uh, I want some peace and quiet, <laughs> I mean, uh, which is real, which is a real challenge. And so, uh, and, and to do this, to, to say, you know, look, we're going to put this off, put this off. I would expect the governor is going to continue to talk about it at her press conference today. Um, but it, it certainly appears that they want to wait and wait and wait. And uh, that's just not working for a lot of families and a lot of school leaders. And Dan McGowan, what is the wait? I mean, they, they this has been the talk all summer. The governor had them submit their proposals. What's going to change between now and whether it's mid-September or October 1st? I know that, you know, Bob Walsh and the unions, now they're they're really pushing back against it. But I I just don't like what what is going to change and what's going to be implemented in the school, say, between now and October 1st? I'm I'm missing that part of the equation. It's a really good question. And it's one I don't have a great answer for either, because here's the thing you know, aside from this recent increase in cases, that, that's hardly the biggest problem, to be honest. I mean, the, the, that's not the thing that everybody is talking about. It's more about sort of the logistical problems and the fear that, you know, you're, you're watching Major League Baseball right now. These guys yes. can't get out of their own way. They're getting, t- they're, you know, they're getting sick as they get into groups. Uh, and, and I think there's, you know, there's real pushback that even if you were in a very low point of cases in Rhode Island, which you're not right now, uh, you know, I think there would still be a fear that once everybody gets back in groups, who knows how many kids are carrying it. And, you know, all these fears about, uh, you know, whether or not a kid shows symptoms, but can, can pass it on and things like that. Um, you know, the more we learn, the more questions we have. And, you know, you're not getting a ton of help from kind of the health experts, because if you talk to them, whether it's in Connecticut, or whether it's here, the Department of Health, or nationally, the truth is they just don't know exactly what, uh, you know, how, how this virus affects kids, how much they pass it on. And so uh, there's just so many unanswered questions. And I just can't imagine that there's anything specific, you know, short of 
uh, which is this is completely unrealistic, but short of a vaccine announced tomorrow and a mandatory, you know, everybody gets a shot, by, you know, by September 1st, which, again, neither of those things are going to happen. Um, aside from that, I don't see how you can do this safely um, uh, or, or I, I shouldn't say how you can do it safely. It's I just don't see how you'll get the support to be to be able to reopen. Tim McGowan, Randy Weingarten, who's, who leads American Federation of Teachers, who we've mentioned uh, quite a bit from time to time, Providence, Warwick. I know, I think when Socket, I, at least those three are all part of the AFT. The other ones are part of um, the NEA Rhode Island yep. with the, the Bob Walsh Group and Larry Patel. But anyhow, she's talking about potential teacher strikes in Florida, Texas, and California if they don't get their way. Are you hearing anything about that? regarding the Providence situation? It's something I'm exploring because as you know, John, there, there's all kinds of rules in Rhode Island where they can't strike. So it's, it's, much, more, it's much more difficult to strike the, in Rhode Island than it is in other places. The one thing that I'm, I'm admittedly just still exploring is the question of if it, if it becomes a health concern and it's not about whether or not you have a contract or whether you want to raise or you know, those things. If you somehow, if the argument is that you know you're you are concerned for your health i mean what what what's a judge going to do in that situation order people to you know in theory get sick and, and and you know and get into a classroom especially older people uh you know that are that tend to be the you know the older teachers i think it's a really difficult thing i, I but but i think that's also one of the reasons why you see i mean you know, whether it's it's Bob Walsh from the NEA, uh, certainly Bob's probably the loudest person here, which is, you know, every time he goes on anywhere media, when he talks to anybody, whether it's on social media or on television or anything, you know, he's sending that signal to say, hey, we are not comfortable, you know, doing this. And I think what the hope is, is that he if he says it loud enough and long enough that the governor's office will, you know, cave and, and give in and say, OK, all right, well, we can't do this. So then we can just avoid a scenario where you have some sort of strike. So the answer is it's being, you know, I'm exploring it to, to see even if it's legal. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something to wait to be seen because it, I, I'm sure it's something that, that the unions are at least considering and looking into themselves. Dan McGowan, do you think has Governor Raimondo put herself a little bit of a box because she came out and said, I think at one point I was there and she said Rhode Island was number one in distance learning. Now, fast forward a few months and the unions and the teachers union saying, great, let's go back to the distance learning. Rhode Island was number one. <laughs> the governor was out front saying, I want those kids back in the classroom. By the way, I should note the CDC, they, their recommendation is kids return to the classroom. That's right. Do you think that do you think that puts her in a difficult position? It does. And it's it's incredibly uh, intelligent chess being played by the unions because uh, if you remember, you and I not that long ago were having these conversations about how it was it was so surprising that the unions, you know, very quickly got on board with all the distance learning. They, you know, they didn't make a gripe about it. Well, here you are months later, and now you have this situation where the governor is trying to change something, but the, all the evidence points to her saying, "Hey, wait, you know, we're the best at this. This is great." Uh, it, it, so it makes it hard for her to argue. Uh, you know, this doesn't this doesn't work now, practically, you know, when she where she is her best, I think you would agree, is when she's doing her daily press or the, the Wednesday press conference and she kind of looks into the camera and says, look, you know, distance learning is fine, but clearly kids learn more in school and that's a better situation. It's a very kind of motherly, reassuring thing to say. And you say and, and if you're thinking practically, you you hear that at home. And I think you probably say, yeah, she's got a point. But, uh, you know, when, you, when you're going to have the pressure from the unions and when you're going to have everybody say, wait a minute, I thought this distance learning thing went great. Uh, I do think it puts her in a little bit of a box. And I, and I think the unions played pretty intelligent, you know, a game of political chess there uh, uh, early on to get to this situation. Any update with the Providence situation? They still don't have a contract. No contract. They're continuing to meet. In fact, I was talking to the commissioner last week and she was going into a, a meeting uh, uh, just as she, she had just finished up her uh, the, the Thursday Facebook Live she now has to do and was literally going into, I think she might have even been doing her Facebook Live from the union office where she was negotiating. Uh, and so it's it, it, still no word on that. And now you know, you're getting into a spot where 
the thing is, is, is you're, you're into August, you're less than a month until they want to start school. You're going to suddenly have to shift your priorities to be thinking about, okay, what are we doing for reopening? I can't imagine you're going to have a contract in place by August 31st. And, and now I wonder, you know, do you get into a spot where we're talking October, November before you actually get a contract done, uh, which would be, you know, uh, just another, you know, you'd essentially be putting off another year of any school reform uh, in Providence. Remember, that's the, the commissioner made it very, has made it clear a hundred times. You don't get any progress or you don't get to real progress without getting the contract changed. And so, you know, if you start the school year without a contract change, then nothing really changes until next year. Yeah, I've told this story before. There's a local college president. I won't say which one, but he in what time meeting with him in his office showed me he has a it's it maybe three pages, but more like a two page agreement with the university. He's the president of the college. These c- contracts, just so everyone listening, understand the Central Falls contract that Frank Gallo handed me one day was 95 pages right. long, 95 pages long. But the president of a college, it's two to three pages. Folks, a lot more quick break, a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Right now, I'll bet you could use some extra cash. Why not sell some of your gold, silver, other precious metals? Vero Industries, folks, over 40 years' experience, they will give you cash. They'll buy your gold, silver, other precious metals. Call Lee today at 401 401- 434-8900. Leo has over 40 years experience. It's VERO, Vero Industries. They will buy gold, silver, other precious metals, old, broken, new, silverware, jewelry, serving trays, tea, coffee sets, or pieces. Listen, why not right now? Sell it and get that cash that you need. Call Leo at Vero Industries, 401-434-8900 impeccable reputation folks they know the industry better than anyone and they'll give you what it's worth your gold silver also a buyer of individual coins coin collections watches half earring pieces and much more call leo at vero industries why not get some cash right now for that gold silver and other precious metals call leo 401 434 8900 weekend evening appointments are available two locations or at your location their location two locations east providence and warwick call them vero industries 401-434-8900 listen get cash for that gold silver other precious metals you have call leo 401-434-8900 one more time 434 8,900. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, with me is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, great uh, story in the Globe. Boy, that Kat Kerwin, she uh, certainly uh, can crank out the news. If we rewind the clock, she was in uh, supportive of vandalizing the Christopher Columbus statue. I think she was even ahead of the head of her, her time, ahead of the curve, <laughs> the way all this protesting was going to go. She went after those PC kids and called them racist. Right. And then uh, she had a run in with with Providence police. That body camera footage came out. Most of the time, the M.O. would have been most politicians, you know, not my best night. I apologize. But boy, she does not back down. She doubles down. This this is someone I am very interested to watch. What happens with her political career, this Kat Kerwin? I completely agree with you, John. I mean, we I have a you know long kind of profile on her today because I think people, you know, if you're a listener to John DePietro or if you're, you know, if you pay real close new, you know, attention to the news, you okay, fine, you know about the Columbus thing and you know when she, you know, says some of these, you know, uh, maybe out of the mainstream ideas, but to look at her and say, look, how did this, tw- who is this 23-year-old woman and how did she get elected to the Providence City Council? 
the thing to know about her is it none of it was a mistake this this woman has had a plan to run for office since she was a teenager you and i were thinking about yep. girls in baseball and yeah. and he's and she's thinking about you know running for office and so i try to track and, and sort of find the you know these parallels she was in college in wisconsin she's you know becomes an activist kind of gets a little bit uh you know <clears throat> radicalized in some ways and then hand picks strategically picks a district didn't live there was not from uh you know the smith hill area in providence and said that's the seat that i can win went there won without even a real fight and has now emerged as let's be honest you know we talk about this progressive movement the truth is not that many of them have actually been elected to office she's one of the few and she yes. has really become i mean she knows how to draw attention and, and uh she has become one of the more influential i think progressives in the state and you're right look she's already thinking about she's going to law she's going to start at law school next week a person who gets elected before they graduate college and then you know starts to think about law school in their early 20s this is a person who is not thinking about staying on the providence city council for you know for a lifetime this is somebody who wants to rise in politics she she's a, you know a presence at the state house with some of her you know anti-gun kind of rallies and protests uh and so you're right she's worth keeping an eye on and i think a lot of listeners out there probably say oh my god you know what is what's happening in providence the truth is and my story kind of shows this she actually does have a real base of support if you talk to the people who you know, her, her senator and her representative in that district say, yeah, she's got a great following. She, she's actually pretty good at, 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 you know, representing her constituents. And that's the thing. If you're a conservative or if you're a, you know, a, a, you know maybe a, more of a mainstream Democrat, you, you, what you have to kind of remove here is you don't like when you see her on camera and, you know, and shouting at the police. Of course, that's, you know, horrible, uh, you know, actions. And it's, it's just not the way to, to treat anybody. But you got to know that it's not uh, an, an anomaly, right? It's, it's not a mistake that she's there. And it's entirely possible that there will be people behind her to run for some other seats. And then suddenly you build a coalition and then you've got, you know, real progressives in, you know, in powerful spots in the city and in the state. Tim McGowan, now she had Terry Hassett's seat. When is she up for re-election again? Because there's certainly talk of other people, you know, starts to become like we have to take out someone like that in a primary. You see right. Sam Bell right now fighting for his political life. What, what is her situation as far as when does she, you so know, um, the, go, the, go ahead. The pro in Providence, you have four year terms. So she was elected in 18, which means she's up right with the mayor and everybody else in 2022. Okay. So she's got two years left. And one thing wow. I'll say, I, I think you're right that, that I think there will be some uh, push to say, all right, you know, you, you need someone to step in and run against her. Here's a reminder, though. She she represents the same area as that state representative, Maura Walsh. Maura yes. Walsh, you know, gets elected by taking on, you know, a longtime politician who everybody knew. Then two years later has the speaker actively targeting her and she wiped the floor with the, her opponent. So remember, it, you know, it's one thing to say, oh boy, we have to take her out. We have to, you know, find someone who's mainstream. Uh, it's another thing to actually do it. And, and uh, you know, Representative Walsh has proven that. And now, you know, I think the councilwoman, you know, it's not, nobody's unbeatable, but she's somebody who has, you know, built up a following. I'll tell you, I, I didn't put this in the story, but when I talked to Representative Walsh, she said to me, you know, one of my main goals in the last couple of years, nobody sees this, but behind the scenes is to raise the number of voters in our neighborhood because they're traditionally, it's a pretty low turnout area. And you, you had longtime politicians, both in state and city office, you know, representing those areas. But what she, what she has done with the help of Councilwoman Kerwin is start to, you know, register more voters. They're trying to get you know, a couple of thousand new people registered this year for, for, for an election for her. Uh, and again, that all trickles up to, you know, two years from now when the councilwoman uh, is on the ballot again. Dave McGowan, I also left out, you actually saw her the night of the riot. <laughs> I mean, I, this, she is someone, she, she, she is living the life. I'll, I'll give her this. She doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. That's absolutely right. And by, by the way, I, I ran into her the night of the riots as, 
just literally, you know, as I was walking, it wasn't as though it was, oh, there's Dan McGowan, the reporter. It was just, yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking around and wait, there's Councilwoman Kerwin, you know, yeah. uh, right in the in the middle of things. She she does talk the talk, and you know, again, I think this drives a lot of people crazy. Uh, but the the easiest way to explain this is she is what she is, and she got elected. <laughs> and so for yes. people for people out there, you know, sometimes you, you, again you think that it's just uh, uh, it must be a mistake, but these things don't actually, they're not actually mistakes. They, they know what they're doing. They do. And, um, you know, just to, to finish up on that, there, there was a time when just being in a bar like that, I mean, that you can't have a more anti-cop bar right. than Fortnite. I mean, I've done Facebook lives on it. They have the signs in the window who's behind it. The owners were, you know, we even arrested for vandalizing Providence city hall. There was a time when someone would have been under fire for just being in a place like that, let alone on footage, and that's my friend, and this is where I hang out, and giving the cops a hard time. What people need to understand is I see more of individuals like that, uh, her, Walsh, Rugenberg. I see more of, of that. When Socket has a, a progressive group yeah. that is coming into the council, I see more of that than any, you tell me, but any other brand. I don't see a huge wave of moderates coming into the system. I certainly don't see a lot of... There's some Republicans and Trump people running, but I see far more progressives are starting to pop up at the state house and in city council races. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've been around long enough to to remember when, you know, there are politicians that that wouldn't go near a bar that was considered, let's say, anti-union for for some you know wacky right. reason or something. I mean, the, the the refusal to cross picket lines or refusal to, you know, I mean, literally, it could be simple simple things that that politicians all you know historically have said i won't don't want to be associated with them even if they are my friends <laughs> and, and in this case and you're, you're right i think you're you know i think on one hand it, it's on us a little bit as the you know as the media you know we're we're interested in the attractive story and so you do the loudest people tend to get the most coverage and the loudest people you know the people saying defund the police the people who are you know, doing the rioting, they're going to get more attention than, you know, let's say if a, if a Joe Biden type was running uh, for state office, well, you know, oh, I'm, I'm down the middle on everything. Right. Those, those people don't actually get, you know, a lot of attention, but the, the concerning thing, you know, if, if you don't like the progressives out there is it's not about who gets the attention from the media today. It's that you don't see a lot of what, what you said, the organizing happening behind the scenes. You don't see anybody, let's use Providence as an example with Kat Kerwin. There is no like elder statesman in the, in the Democratic Party in Providence, right? Mayor Lors is right along with Kat Kerwin. So there's nobody to say, hey, we need to come together. We need to find the best candidate to win the old Rahm Emanuel thing, right? It's all about winning in your neighborhood, winning in your district. And, and we need to find somebody who's the best choice here. It, it, there's nobody doing that. And then except for those progressives and it's the Sam Bells and the Regenbergs, you're right. And, and Walsh and, and Kerwin, who these guys are, they're enjoying it. This is their moment in the sun. They're young enough where they don't have families so they can just spend all their time thinking about politics and, and you know, their next actions. So they have a ton of advantages. I mean, it's, it's becoming that, that they're almost, they are the ones with the home field advantage in some ways. Uh, and, and so, you know, that, that's not going to change unless you start to see, you know, kind of people step up and, and, and really take it on. And I'll tell you from, from my story, John, you know, you, tr you get people on the phone and, and they say off the record, this is horrible. This is, you know, I can't believe she acted this way. Oh, will you go on the record to say that? And all of them say, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, make them mad. I I'll, I'll just ignore it. That, that's the truth right now. Yeah, no, that is definitely the truth. They have power. And Dan McGowan, finally, when you mentioned Mayor Lorza, you had a great story in the Globe about it's one thing to throw out the idea that we want to have reparations, trying to implement it. That that's where it gets difficult. Very difficult. My colleague Deja Moore did this story and she's uh, an excellent, excellent reporter up there. Um, and and it, that's that's the challenge. I mean, look, they're, they're, the, the real practical thing is how do you find the money, right? How, if you're, if you're any city, not just Providence, which is cash strapped, but, and then more, you know, what, what people don't necessarily like to acknowledge, but is very much true is 
how do you put a dollar figure on, you know, uh, all on slavery, right? And so this is the problem that you and I talked about right when the mayor announced it, which is they could come out, let's say six months from now and say, you know what we're going to do? We're announcing this great scholarship fund. We're going to give every kid in Providence, doesn't matter, black, white, Hispanic, we're going to give every kid in Providence, you know, I don't know, $5,000 towards their education. That would be a lot of money. And it would be something that a lot of families would say, wow, that's great. That's a huge relief. And then there would be a bunch of people picketing outside of City Hall saying, that's not enough. And, yeah, and I think right. that's, that's the challenge that they're going to have. I think that's the what uh, the, that story kind of captures that it's, it's hard to get this going. It's hard to get a program done. And then the, you know, whether or not it's going to be, you know, satisfying for people um, is, is a whole nother challenge. Yeah. Folks, I start my day each day with a uh, email from Dan McGowan and Roadmap. Dan, how can people get it? Yeah. Every morning, uh, every weekday morning, uh, Monday through Friday, you're going to, you'll get, the some new reporting from me you'll get you know the link to the story about cat Kerwin and other things that we're covering uh, at the globe and all you have to do is send it's completely free all you have to do is send a blank email to rinews at globe.com blank email i'll know what it is rinews at globe.com you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning it takes five minutes to read as you know john and it kind of sets the table for the day. You know, it's not going to give you every nitty gritty detail. It's not everything you need to know, but it, it kind of hits everything that's important. And it, you know, it keeps you informed before you turn on your show. <laughs> Folks, um, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Hey, Dan, great job. Enjoy your vacation and we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks, John. Have a good one. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products, 
for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stop it and see Ron and Melissa. First of all, how about free coffee for police and military? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, you're going to find an incredible selection. Now, they are right off of Silver Spring Street, right near the cellos, and then next to AAA in Providence. Look for them on Facebook, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. But you can find them, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right near Branch Avenue, but right around the corner from cellos and inside, well, sausage and peppers, eggplant, all delicious calzones, meatball calzones, Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, pizza strips, and then the most delicious cannolis, brownies, delicious cakes. They'll make a special cake for you. And also the Trump chocolate-covered donuts, Trump soda, and also Trump cupcakes. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, the number one bakery in Rhode Island. Stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Look for them on Facebook. They're right around the corner from Cellos, right off of Silver Spring Street and right near Branch Avenue, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, they're right near the AAA location in Providence. Stop in and see them. You're going to love it. Get some of those Trump chocolate-covered donuts, and they salute our police and military, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.